Hey, it's Tony Bruski. If you enjoy this podcast, Real Ghost Stories Online, be sure to check out our other paranormal podcast, The Grave Talks, with new episodes every Monday and Tuesday. Just search The Grave Talks wherever you download podcasts. Now, here's a 15-minute preview of one of this week's episodes of The Grave Talks. Today on The Grave Talks, Nightmare Land. Lex Lonehood-Nover is no stranger to the paranormal and dream states. As the web producer for Coast to Coast AM, he's heard his share of stories on the topic. Stories involving ghosts, night terrors, sleep paralysis, and more. In his new book, Lex dives deep into the world of dreams, delusional behavior among the chronically sleep-deprived, and much more. He also delves into the night terrors that occur in deep sleep, sometimes making people capable of feats that would otherwise be nearly impossible. Today, we discuss the dark and fascinating world of dreams with Lex Lonehood Nova. Well, I think this whole subject of dreams is something that's fascinated people for eons. It, it certainly has for me. I've, I've really been intrigued with the idea of lucid dreaming so that was something I, I wanted to delve into and explore further in the book. But, but really, it was the state of sleep paralysis that kind of kicked off the idea for the whole project, this notion that you could simultaneously be experiencing, I guess, what you could call two states of consciousness at the same time with being awake and conscious that you're in your own bedroom and your eyes are open, and yet you're having this bleed through of what's possibly your REM or rapid eye movement dream state where your body is still paralyzed, which happens during REM. So you don't get up and start acting out your dreams. Anyway, that's the neurological explanation that it's a kind of glitch where your body is experiencing your sleep states out of order because you have sort of a progression every night when you go to sleep of, of this deeper or slow wave sleep that goes into deeper and deeper states. And then from there you go into REM. So the explanation is, is that when you have sleep paralysis, it's kind of coming out of turn in this way and mixing with, with being awake. However, as, as I'm sure you, you, you probably know, there's a lot of paranormal and different supernatural lore that has built up over time and across cultures or around this experience. So what I tried to do was consider both of these in, in kind of equal footing and, and look um, to not kind of cancel each other out, but uh, look at both of them as parallel tracks for this, this kind of experience. And then from there, I got into things like hypnagogia, which is the state just before you fall asleep. And I included it kind of an umbrella term to also include when you're first waking up from a dream. So that, that kind of um, borderland state seems to have a lot of interesting experiences associated with it as well. With sleep paralysis, let me ask you this. Have you personally ever experienced that state? I've, I've had two experiences of it that that were pretty 
definite that, okay, <laughs> the first time I had it, I, I didn't know what it was. And so that actually, I think, is more terrifying in a way. I've had more subtle states where your body, it feels like you're partially paralyzed and then you're coming out of it. So I think with a lot of these things, there's gradations. Similarly, with lucid dreaming, there's these sort of sub-lucid states and partial lucidity moving moving to more complete lucidity. Whereas, yeah, sleep paralysis, I think, is is utterly terrifying, <laughs> even yeah. if you know what it is, particularly if you're seeing one of these malevolent entities, which which I did in one case. What about you, Tony? Have you had the experience? I did. It, it was it was years ago, uh, and I've talked about this on the air before. Where I was, I, I sat up in bed, and this is what what is weird to me about it is that that occurred. There was a physical initial movement on my part uh, where I sat up, but then I could not move. Then I was paralyzed, and what happened was it felt as if a cloud moved through me that that's the only way i can kind of explain what it felt like and it was almost kind of a chattering shaky uh feel and i have no idea what that was i was thinking paranormal at the time i didn't know anything about sleep paralysis this was 2001 when this happened and it scared the crap out of me i had been hearing ghost stories about this area where i lived in this apartment uh and this area in Wisconsin in a city called Wausau and right behind the wall of where my apartment bedroom was was a stairwell that had ghost stories attached to it where people would see the apparition of a woman carrying a baby up and down that sort of a lore uh, going on so I immediately connected it to that sort of a thing maybe it has something to do with this ghost story but it was terrifying I, I went in and talked to a paranormal investigator uh, named Chad Lewis uh, shortly after because uh, he was in the area and asked him about it and that's where I first learned about sleep paralysis and all signs seemed to point to that's what it was. I did not open my eyes during the experience. Uh, maybe I should have. I don't know. It would have been even more terrifying. But the feeling was unlike anything I'd ever had of just not being able to move and feeling as if, um, you know, something is dark and something is is around me. So I, I like to think it was sleep paralysis. Uh, you know, the, the jury, I guess, is, is still somewhat out on it, but uh, nowhere near terrifying or as terrifying as some of the stories that we've had on the show. What was your experience when, when you first had it specifically? Well, the, the more recent one uh, I thought was kind of funny because uh, it was in the late 90s when I was listening to Art Bell. Mm -hmm. And so I actually dozed off while listening to the program and during the paralysis episode, I could still hear him talking. He was doing a commercial for Sea Crane Radio. So there was this very kind of innocuous backdrop. But I saw this this male entity that was kind of like um, like a, almost like a spider in a web in the corner of the ceiling just looking at me very malevolently this was around 1999 so at that point i did i did know what sleep paralysis was and even so it was just it just is such a bizarre experience to have your eyes open to see actually see this very palpable figure that just 
has this like murderous expression (laughs) on their face. And yet you're in your bedroom. And and as I mentioned, I was hearing hearing this radio show, which I thought was particularly kind of funny or or ironic because, you know, here's a show that's about all this strange paranormal (laughs) stuff. And I think it, it, it helped that I did know what it was. So even though it's still terrifying, I think when you, when you can identify it, then it, 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 it gives you a chance to not completely freak out about it. Yeah, to, to put a little more context to it is certainly helpful. And, and I know it helped me after I talked to some folks about it. And at least that's the story I like to tell myself. As I go back and I revisit that story from time to time, as others recount theirs, um, there, there seems to be variance to sleep paralysis as far as what goes on physically around us. I had mentioned what stood out as odd to me was the fact that I initially did move and then I was paralyzed. But I hear stories like that all the time as well, where where people are either coming out of sleep, they're going into sleep, but they somehow get stuck in that state of being right between awake and, and asleep, as you were describing more scientifically, more scientifically, more eloquently earlier. Um, I, I, the way that I kind of like to look at it, and sometimes I, uh, I explain, do you remember color forms as kids uh, where you would have the scene and then you take the, 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 the sticky figures and then stick them onto the, the scene and then it, it populates uh, whatever you're, you're doing? Mm-hmm. That's that's what I like to kind of explain it as. So you have the scene, you open your eyes, and there's your room. Uh, but then the color forms you stick on there, and and they're really not physically part of the environment, but they can be stuck there. Um, that's kind of what our mind, I think, does during sleep paralysis when it is just an authentic situation of of your mind uh, interjecting these these images onto uh, our reality when trying to explain it to someone who's never never had it before but th- that's that's the interesting thing though we we have cases like that where it is seemingly in our minds and and we have the occurrence we wake up our physical environment has not changed there's nothing about it uh, that has been altered uh, due to the experience. But there are certainly cases and stories where it seems what interaction had happened during the sleep paralysis episode actually does influence the environment. Things moving off of dressers, things in the room being misplaced that that we did not do before we went to bed. But seemingly we have memories of this when we were in that state before we snapped out of it. Um, What are your thoughts on situations like that when when that is presented? Well, I was going to mention before when you were talking about your experience in a home that was possibly haunted, mm-hmm. I, I ran across a, a fair amount of research connecting sleep paralysis to places that, that did have hauntings or poltergeist activity. There was a, a bigger likelihood of people having nightmares and paralysis and, and kind of malevolent or negative activities that would occur during the sleep and dreams period. So it's, it does seem like there's a connection between these these types of occurrences. It, it's hard to pin it down exactly as to what what might be 
say, just a neurological glitch as opposed to some kind of psychic entity or paraphysical being that's visiting us or kind of feeding on our energy. There were a number of cases where people would wake up into sleep paralysis and see this figure that was already sort of laying on them or attached to them, and the figure would be surprised to see them suddenly be awake as if they were kind of there doing whatever it is, is that they were doing and were, were just kind of thought they had carte blanche to do whatever they wanted while this person was asleep. And so it kind of suggests this idea of almost this like hidden ecosystem that perhaps there's things going on in our sleep that we're not aware of. In, in the book, I kind of compare it to this idea of like dust mites that, that are in our beds and, and kind of, you know, eat our dead skin and are <laughs> just sort of happily coexisting with us. We don't even see them. So it's an interesting thing to ponder. What if there are these astral entities or some kind of beings that exist in, in a, a parallel or invisible dimension to ours, but at times there's almost like a portal where we connect with them in these cases, perhaps of sleep paralysis, where we're able to kind of catch on to these things. And whether it's a parasitic kind of interaction where they're just kind of feeding off of our energy and draining us, which is part of the whole vampire lore, or perhaps I wondered if it's maybe a kind of symbiosis that maybe in some ways this isn't a bad thing for us. It's just part of like a food chain or some kind of greater ecosystem that we aren't even aware of because we just perceive things through our, our six senses. Yeah. It's almost like, is it tapping into another frequency that we're not able to pick up uh, in our waking hours? And, and are we then tapping into that and seeing this this reality that, that otherwise we could not be, be picking up on? And then if that's the case, is did, are all sleep paralysis experiences somewhat, uh, or do they, they dive deeper into the world of, of paranormal and supernatural and go beyond just uh, psychological? It's, yeah, it's, it's mind boggling to, to kind of uh, extract. And, and I think it, it could vary in some, in one case, it might be, just more clearly some kind of neurological hallucination other cases maybe there is more of this this kind of paranormal interaction yeah one thing that fascinated me it was kind of a a, a new discovery for me was because i thought okay there's these three main states of consciousness there's when we're awake there's when we're dreaming the rem dreaming and then there's sleep, this this deep sleep or slow wave sleep, they call it, related to the brain waves. And while that's true, I, I guess I thought that during the slow or deep wave sleep, we're we're just out. That's it. You know, we're not there's no content. But actually what I found is there's always content going on in the brain. And so during this, these deeper types of sleep. There's there's stories going on there. <laughs> there there are things that are happening. We just have almost zero recall of it. 
So that really made me wonder in terms of this idea of this hidden ecosystem, if there were sorts of interactions that were happening during that portion of sleep, we would really have have almost no recall of it whatsoever. And I, I guess I got thinking about that whole level of sleep because I was exploring what's called parasomnias, which are, are different sleep disorders, I guess you could call them, these physical or emotional uh, abnormal occurrences that accompany sleep and, and dreams. And a lot of that activity, sleepwalking is a classic example, those are all occurring during this, this slow wave sleep. So if someone is up and sleepwalking, there's, there's content going on in their mind. They're thinking about things, but again, they have almost no memory of it. So that really fascinated me, this idea that, that there's this storyline or, or narrative, even though it might be a lot simpler than in, in the REM dreams, that there's, that there's always this content, but we have almost no memory of it. Hope you enjoyed this 15-minute preview of one of this week's two brand new episodes of The Grave Talks. To hear the rest and get new episodes every Monday and Tuesday right in your podcast feed, search The Grave Talks wherever you download podcasts and press subscribe or visit thegravetalks.com. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com.